Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show of The Optimist. I'm your host, Dean Pavlou, and as always, uh, I'll run through some things that are going on around the world of sports. Unfortunately, uh, I am unable to talk about baseball, which, I mean, is in full swing right now. Um, But again, I mean, yeah, if you have any questions on that front, just, you know, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, message you about baseball, but I cannot, uh, talk about it on air, but yeah, I'm going to run through some NFL predictions, uh, today and just talk about what I think is going to happen, uh, in football this year and take a look around the whole NFL and give some predictions. Very excited for the season as this should be a good football season as a whole and the first uh, good Jets season in a while. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Uh, And yeah, as Caroline mentioned down there, go Eagles, go Jets. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are going to be great again this year. No question about it. Obviously came close to a uh, Super Bowl last year, but fell short to the Chiefs. And Will says, go Pats. And, you know, the Pats are an interesting spot this year. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, Let's see how Mac Jones does this year. Let's see if they can swoop up DeAndre Hopkins. And he's he's still out there as a free agent. So it should be interesting to see if they are able to seal the deal to get him. I know some teams are interested in him. So we'll see if the Patriots can get him. And yeah, I mean, it should be a good season. The AFC East is looking really good this year. I mean, uh, the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots, all are going to be in contention um, for that. Uh, for either a wild card or the AFC's crown. So we'll see how it unfolds for sure. But first I want to get to some basketball news. Uh, Free agency was in full swing last week. Damian Lillard requested a trade from the Trailblazers to the Heat. But uh, we'll see what happens on that front. The Trailblazers want something good. In return for Damian Lillard, and it won't necessarily be to Miami, but we'll see what happens. I mean, Damian Lillard really wants to go to the Heat and play with Jimmy Butler, but I don't know if the Trailblazers are going to grant that wish for him because, you know, they want something really good in return, and they know Lillard is obviously a really good player. The Trailblazers had a good draft, uh, drafting Scoot Henderson and then Chris Murray. So they want to build their young team. And, you know, they didn't do enough in free agency to have Lillard stay. They did sign Jeremy Grant to a big deal, the forward, uh, re-signing him. But, again, they didn't do enough in free agency to want Damian Lillard to stay, and now he's gonna 
go somewhere that is a championship team, maybe the Heat, maybe the Celtics, you know, some other teams mixed in could get into the sweepstakes. So we'll see what happens on that front. But the Heat are obviously the front runner. And if he only wants to play for the Heat, then they can't really trade him elsewhere. But it is true that he has he doesn't have a no trade clause. So the fact that he doesn't have a no trade clause built into his contract is huge. So the Trailblazers don't have to do anything. They don't have to trade him or they could trade him for a better deal, say if they want Jalen Brown from the Celtics or someone of that nature, then that would be a better deal for Portland rather than getting Tyler Hero from the Heat or a couple other players from Miami. So, again, it's going to be about what Portland thinks and what Portland wants. So, even though Damian Lillard is requesting a trade strictly to Miami, this is on Portland because they were smart in not building in a no-trade clause to Damian Lillard's contract. But we'll see what happens there. Around the NBA, uh, Boston made a big move getting Kristaps Porzingis. Let's pull up his stats here. Porzingis started his career, obviously, with the Knicks and really came on the scene and was incredible for them, but then asked for a trade. Then he got traded to the Mavericks as him and Luka were working together, and it didn't seem to work out really at all. And then after Boston, he went to Washington, where he had a good season last year. He averaged 23.2 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per game, and 2.7 assists on 49.8% 49.8% from the field. So that was a great season for Porzingis last year. And he gets rewarded by being traded to a great contender in Boston. And Boston has been close the last couple of years. They made it to the finals two years ago and fell to the Warriors. And then last year they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And came roaring back in the series down 3-0, only to fall short in Game 7. But they're going to be a force to be reckoned with again next year. I don't know how I feel about the Marcus Smart and Grant Williams trade. um, Or Marcus Smart and Grant Williams trades, rather. More Marcus Smart than Grant Williams. I feel like Grant Williams uh, is a solid player, but I feel that... Marcus Smart was better for their team and just brought that grit mentality. Now he goes to Memphis. But again, I mean, getting Porzingis for them, that'll be huge. They have another big man alongside Robert Williams now who can be big rebounders and Porzingis can shoot. So that'll help them a lot. But again, I don't know how I feel about losing Marcus Smart, but they can handle it fine. They have Derek White, who made that game-winning shot in Game 6, and then, you know, some other 
players as well. I'm not sure. I think, yeah, they do still have Malcolm Brogdon as well. He had something wrong with him, and that's why they couldn't trade him in the deal. So that's why it got nixed the first time. And then the second time, they came back and did the deal with Marcus Smart involved rather than Malcolm Brogdon. So Brogdon had a solid year last year, 14.9 points per game, 48.4% from the field. Uh, Three-point range, he shot 44.4%, and then 4.2 rebounds per game and 3.7 assists. So a solid year all in all for Brogdon. And again, I think he'll contribute this year as well. But yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the Celtics have a really good roster. Smart is going to be a tough loss for them, but they have other players and other pieces that shoot better than Smart does. But again, I mean, this is a really good team that can do some really good things next year and maybe can take that next step now with Porzingis in the fold. They still need to re-sign Jalen Brown. That hasn't happened yet. So he's still out there. So that is a big domino that has yet to fall. And maybe there's another team that's offering him a good deal because it's interesting now that free agency is almost two weeks in and Brown still hasn't been re-signed. But if they re-sign him, this is this is a good-looking team. And this is a team that can do a lot of good things and can go far again. So we shall see what happens. But moving on now to the Knicks free agent signing. They signed Dante DiVincenzo to a, I believe, let's see the deal terms. So the contract was for four years, $15 million. I like this deal for the Knicks. It gives them a guy who can shoot and can, you know, yeah, that's what they needed. (laughs) A guy that can shoot. And he gives them that last year for the Warriors in limited time. He averaged 9.4 points per game. But 43.5% from the field, 39.7% from three, and then 4.5 rebounds and 3.5 assists. And the previous year, he had 10.3 points per game, 36.2% from the field, and 36.8% from three. So, so not incredibly great, but again, uh, last year... From the field, he was really good, 43.5%. That's very solid. And then 39.7% from three. And he'll get more of an opportunity this year for the Knicks. And again, he can shoot. So that's what the Knicks needed. A guy who can feed off of Brunson. Him and Brunson were together at Villanova. And Hart were all together at Villanova. So... That should help him and make him feel comfortable. It's obviously close to where he went to school. 
Um, so, yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens. But again, uh, I like that pickup for the Knicks. They didn't do much other than get DiVincenzo and trade Obi Toppin to the Indiana Pacers for two second-round picks. I know I'm going to miss Obi Toppin. I think he was great for the Knicks, and he improved every year. Last year with his shooting, I thought he did a great job of improving with his outside shot. And last year, if you look, he had 7.4 points per game in limited action, 44.6% from the field, and 34.4% from three. Meanwhile, the year before, he shot 30.8% from three, but had a better field goal percentage, uh, which is 53.1%. But again, I mean, they had to choose between Randall and Toppin, and obviously they were going to choose Randall because he's just a better player overall. But Toppin's going to get his chance to play a lot with Indiana, a young Indiana squad that consists of Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner, uh, and some other young players, so Benedict Matherin. So this is a good pickup for Indiana. Good job by the Knicks getting some picks in return, but it just was never going to work out between the Knicks and Toppin, and he really just didn't play a lot. But he had some great moments for the Knicks. I mean, some highlight reel dunks highlight real blocks, and he contributed in a lot of different ways, but you could just tell he wanted to play more. And it's going to be weird for him because now he's not on the Knicks, but the Knicks signed his brother Jacob Toppin to a two-way deal. So that'll be a little strange for him to be like, yeah, I was with the Knicks the last, uh, I believe, three years. So, yeah, three years. But now I'm not on the Knicks, and my brother is on the Knicks. So that'll be strange for him. But, again, good job by the Knicks getting a couple second-round picks in return. I know I'm going to miss Toppin, but, again, he just needed more of an opportunity. And the Pacers are the perfect place for him to go. So we'll see what happens there. So if you look around the league, another big deal was the Warriors trading Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. So Chris Paul heads to the Warriors, and Jordan Poole is headed to the Washington Wizards. Obviously that incident with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole last year where Draymond punched Pool in the face obviously was the beginning of the end for someone, either Green or Pool. But obviously, they're gonna pick Green every time because he's the better player. But it's just such a it's such a uh, cruel world sometimes. Pool goes from a Warriors team who won the finals two years ago to a Wizards team who's still in rebuilding mode. But again, he's going to get more of a chance to play. He's going to play every day a lot. And 
I think that's good for Jordan Poole. He gets a change of scenery now. And I feel bad for the guy because what happened to him was not deserved. And he got a lot of criticism. But, I mean, his first three seasons, his first season, he averaged 20, uh, he averaged 8.8 points per game, 33.3% from the field, 27.9% from three. So that wasn't a good year. But then his next year, he averaged 12 points per game, shot 43.2% from the field, and then 35.1% from three. And then his third year, he averaged 18.5 points per game, shot 44.8% from the field, and 36.4% from three. And then last year, he averaged 20.4 points per game, shot 43 point, shot 43% from the field, and then 33.6% from three. So he got a lot of criticism last year, but, I mean, he averaged 20.4 points per game. I mean, that's pretty good for a backup, you know what I mean? And now he gets to play every day with the Wizards, probably start. So this is a good spot for him. He obviously needed a change of scenery after what happened to him, uh, getting punched by Draymond Green. And, yeah, so this is going to be good for him, even though it's going to be tough at first because the Wizards are a rebuilding team. But, again, Chris Paul going to the Warriors. This should be interesting for him. I mean, we'll see if the Warriors have one more finals victory in them. Steph Curry has won four. Chris Paul has never won one. It would be nice to see uh, Paul win one. I mean, he's had an incredible career, Hall of Fame career in my opinion, one of the best passers ever. And, you know, he shot the ball well throughout his career as well. Just the last couple years down the stretch in the playoffs, he's ran out of gas, and that's why he gets a lot of criticism. But last year he averaged 13.9 points per game, Shot 44% from the field, and then 37.5% from three. So not a bad season at all for him. The previous year with the Suns in 2021-22, he averaged 14.7 points per game. Shot 49.3% from the field, and 31.7% from three. So, I mean, the last couple of years... He's done pretty well. He's just ran out of gas in the playoffs, and that's his problem. Is He just can never stay healthy. He always fights through it in the playoffs, but can never stay healthy to the point where he'll make it through, you know? So that's, that's tough for him, but he for sure, in my eyes, has had a Hall of Fame career, but with the no rings, it'll be tough for him to get in. But again, so that's what's going on around the NBA. Uh, the draft, obviously, Victor Wembanyama was drafted first overall by the San Antonio Spurs. So they get an incredible player. He was playing in the summer league. Um, his first game, I think he had... Five blocks, nine points, eight rebounds, 
So didn't shoot well from the field, but he's just getting his feet under him. So should be interesting to see how he does this year, but he'll fit right in. I mean, he's a big guy and that can block shots, rebound, and the Spurs, you know, are going to do just fine with him. Greg Popovich just signed a five-year extension with the Spurs. I think Popovich was thinking about leaving before he saw, oh, we're getting one of the best prospects ever, probably. So that's why he's going to stay for another five years uh, with San Antonio. So um, at least I think that's why. But, uh, I mean, he's been coaching forever, ever since I was a young kid, and now I'm 24. So (laughs) crazy to think about. But they get a generational prospect in Wembanyama, and the Trailblazers get Scoot Henderson to replace Damian Lillard. So that's good for them. They haven't been relevant in a little while. So hopefully they can build up these young players and make it back to the playoffs. It would have been fun to see Lillard with all these young guys. Maybe they could have made a run to the playoffs, but I understand why Dame wants out. I mean, he's been there for a while now, and he wants to go to a championship contender, and I really can't blame him. I mean, he's been great to Portland and great to the Trailblazers, so he deserves to be on a team that has a chance to win a championship right now. He's not getting any younger. He's 33, I think. So, yeah. So, I understand why he wants to go to a winning team that can win a championship right now. But yes, that's what's going on around the NBA. Now to the NFL we go. Uh, I'm going to run through some predictions and talk about what I think's going to happen around the NFL this year. Just to run by everything. So first up, we got a question from Peter. I think we can all agree we don't want him going to the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, the Heat made it to the finals last year. And, I mean, what a run it was for them. But don't want the rich to get richer, for sure. So, first, I'll start in the NFC East. Uh... Obviously, you got the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. I think that's the way it's going to play out this year. I think Philadelphia is going to come in first, either 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. Haven't really looked at their schedule yet, but they are just so dominant on both sides of the ball. Everyone's back. Uh, they had a, a really good draft, too. So the rich just get richer. And they'll uh, they'll be in first place in the NFC East. Second, uh, it's between the Cowboys and the Giants. And I'm going to say the Cowboys come in second. I think they're going to have a good year. 
But again, it's going to come down to playoff time for Dallas. And they always seem to fold in the playoffs, even though they did win a playoff game last year against Tampa Bay on the road. But it always comes down to playoff time. And we'll see what happens once that comes around. I, um, If you look at their offseason, let's see what they did. I don't think they improved that much in the offseason. Well, they released Ezekiel Elliott, so that's a plus for them. They have Tony Pollard. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, anyway, I think they'll come in second place in the NFC East and make the playoffs. And then third, uh, you got the Giants. I think the Giants will come in probably around 10-7. and seven. Uh, Yeah, so I think... Eagles 13 and 4, 14 and 3, Cowboys 11 and 6, Giants 10 and 7, and then Commanders probably 8 and 9, I think. So, yeah, I think Eagles first winning the division, Cowboys second, Giants third, and then Commanders coming in last again in the NFC East. So then to the NFC South we go. As Will thinks, Chiefs 49ers uh, for the Super Bowl. That I could see that. I could definitely see that for sure. And then Caroline says Eagles, Bills, or Jets. So Eagles versus Bills or Jets for the Super Bowl. That that I could I could see that too. I mean, and it'll be interesting, you know, to see what happens. I definitely think the Eagles coming out of the NFC again. I just I don't see anyone beating them. I mean, they are just so dominant. They have the same team coming back. They had a good draft. So I don't think anything is stopping them from getting there. And the NFC is pretty weak. I mean, you look at the NFC as a whole, it's the Eagles and everyone else. So, you know, now Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC. So... It's pretty much the Eagles and everyone else. Tom Brady's retired. So, yeah, I definitely agree with Caroline there. And then Peter says, we signed Big Q, beef up our O-line. We don't need Cook unless he's taking a smaller amount of money. And then Jets 14-3. and three. We'll see. You know, the Jets have a tough schedule. Uh, there's some games early on that are going to be tough. You know, they start off with the Bills, which should be a tough game, but that's at home. I think they'll win that one. Cowboys is tough. Uh, you know, Patriots week three. I mean, they've beaten us up for the last number of years. So even though I think we got the advantage there at home, we still got to, you know, slay the dragon that is the Patriots and that is Bill Belichick. So that'll be 
tough, you know, but I think I think they could get the job done there. But again, it's a, it's a tough schedule. Week four, we got the Chiefs. You know, it just goes on and on. Week five, I think, is the Broncos. So, fourteen and three is a big mountain to climb. But uh, yeah, I think definitely, I think eleven and six, twelve and five could be our range uh, of where the Jets might go. But fourteen and three is uh, that would be amazing. For sure. I I definitely think it's a possibility, but that schedule to begin the year is, is tough. Uh, and then Will says, what do you think of the Bears? I think the Bears are going to be good. I think the Bears are going to be good. I think, I don't know, playoffs good. I have to look at their schedule. Let's, let's look at our, let's look at their schedule. see so week one they start with the Packers at home I think that's a win I think that's a win uh we haven't seen enough yet of Jordan Love I mean he looked good in that Eagles game after Rodgers got hurt uh he did look good in that Eagles game so I think he can be be good but Bears at home big rivalry 425 I think that's a win Bears Buccaneers, I think that's a win too. Uh, the Buccaneers, you know, their quarterback situation is up in the air. They have Baker now, and it's on the road. But I think that's a win for Chicago. Then week three, that's a loss against the Chiefs on the road. Week four against the Broncos, 